serious CBD. The best CBD products on the planet. Over 100 five-star reviews. Can verify authentication. Gold in full spectrum. Full panel lab tested. What is full panel lab testing? Cannabinoids and terpenes. Pesticides. Mycotoxins. Solvents. Heavy metals. Microbials. Foreign matter. Get serious. Serious CBD. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. I know why you're here, Neil. I know what you've been doing. I know why you hardly sleep. Why you live alone and why night after night you sit at your computer. You're looking for him. I know because I was once looking for the same thing. And when he found me, he told me I wasn't really looking for him. I was looking for an answer. It's the question that drives us, Neo. It's the question that brought you here. You know the question, just as I did.
the heart Forever trusting who we are And nothing else matters Never open myself this way Life is ours, we live it our way
phrase this time around we're all Jewish the Rockefellers were one of the richest families in history they monopolized the oil standard oil was their company and um, they were huge proponents of eugenics um, it started with the funding of Margaret Sanger's initiatives she's the founder of Birth Control Review. She was a huge advocate for forced sterilization, abortions, and prophylactic measures, um, which later she was the founder of Planned Parenthood. Um, Rockefeller was the number one financier of eugenics research from Nazi Germany, as well as in America. In 1910, uh, slightly unrelated, but it'll show you a pattern of behavior. Uh, Rockefeller sent an army of propagandists to every single medical school in the country. And their objective was to bribe the administration of every single medical school to affect the thought patterns and prescription patterns of the new doctors that were being graduated. And away from traditional methods that had millennia of thousands of years of, of collective experience to only pharmaceutical big pharma products. By the way, at that time, all big pharma products were petroleum based, which Standard Oil was the had the monopoly for petroleum. When it became obvious that petroleum-based 
pharmaceuticals were causing cancer, Rockefeller founded the American Cancer Society and uh, covered up on, uh, on that little phenomenon. Rockefeller owned, or was the majority owner, of IG Farben. IG Farben made Zyklon B gas. It was used to not to gas people in Nazi gas chambers. Jews, gypsies, Slavs, handicapped people, political prisoners, mostly Jews though. Uh, and Rockefeller also owns the company that makes RU486, which is the morning after abortion. So if you notice everything that that family, every initiative of that family has a theme of annihilation of human beings. The reason why I pick on this one family because now you still have the Rockefeller Foundation and they still did their crazy research. And one of the accessories to this genocide, Dr. Rick Bright, who sabotaged President Trump's order to make hydroxychloroquine available to every American through, through the national stockpile of medicine, he literally sabotaged that uh, and was fired for insubordination, now works as a director at the Rockefeller Foundation. So there's a theme. Okay. The theme is that this family and many families like them uh, are demonic at best. They view the rest of us as a, uh, as a resource, an expendable resource. And um, useless eaters. You know, Elon Musk a year ago debuted his humanoid robots. And during that presentation, he said the following verbatim, that uh, these robots will replace 90% of the human workforce. Therefore, we need universal basic income. So let me tell you what that universal basic income list is. You think the degenerates that don't value life, who view us as vermin, want to give away free money to useless eaters? What that universal basic income list is, is in a future extermination list. And so in their um, mindset, and this is confirmed by the Georgia Guidestones, uh, look, uh, one of their uh, principles is that the world population should be no more than 500 million. It's a reduction of 90%. Um, they want to reduce the world population by 90% because the rest of us are just uh, you know, carbon emitters, have no, have no um, value, no intrinsic divinity and if we don't serve a purpose then we should be li liquidated i mean literally liquidated turned into fuel or whatever um this is what they envision this is what they want this is what they say we grew up here in america in this kind of bubble of uh, american exceptionalism and elitism can't happen here and uh, well, it's, it's, it's exactly happening here right in front of our eyes and we're too complacent to, to do anything about it what children are being exposed to right now 
are these like non-binary blue-haired Peter Pans, and they're being told that that's normal. Listen, I don't care what these people do. Let them live any way they want, but stay the hell away from my kids. Your choices are yours, but do not impose your um, perversions that most people don't agree with on others. And what's happened is we've normalized debauchery. We've normalized perversion. Um, that's a very effective way, and this was done by design, to demoralize a society. And when a society is demoralized, they're too stupid to recognize what's being done to them. So I have a degree in biochemistry and toxicology. I have a PhD in respiratory pharmacology, so the study of drugs on respiration of mammals. And then uh, I worked for 32 years in broadly in biopharmaceutical R&D. So I'm a research guy. So, and I was, um, until 2011, I was head of worldwide research for Pfizer's allergen respiratory group. So I, you know, it was my job anywhere between idea all the way up to proof of concept in patients. That was my job. That was my span of control. And I left in 2011 um, because they, they left the UK. It was shrinking and moving back to the US. There's a nasty pandemic, so lockdown and wait for a vaccine. That, that's the wrong strategy. What you need to do is provide maximum protection, uh, social, immunological, good diet. And then if people get sick, treat them symptomatically with cheap, well-understood, anti-inflammatories, antivirals, anticoagulants, like uh, Pierre Corey, uh, Pete McCulloch, um, Zelenko and others have, have done. So that's what we should have done. The elderly who are most vulnerable are vulnerable because their immune systems don't respond well to new threats. I'm sorry, they're also the people who don't respond well to injected vaccines. And, and that, that fits the data as well, that, that you know the, the vaccines don't seem to do anything useful at all. And we can come back to their danger. This fraud, for me, can be divided into three you know, easily digested chunks. The first one is an exaggerated threat. So we were told there was a new coronavirus that had emerged in China and was spreading around the world. But here's the key thing. They told us it was sort of really super lethal, you know, yeah. much, much worse than anything we've seen before, perhaps as bad as 1918. Well, uh, it turns out now that however you um, analyze the data, the, the threat does not seem to be exceptional, perhaps in some places a little worse than a bad seasonal influenza. You wouldn't shut the world down for this. So exaggerated threat, why? To make you frightened, um, the drive fear, fear, fear. But then the next chunk I would describe as useless and injurious measures. So lockdown, masking, social distancing, business closures, school closures, border restrictions, da 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 da, -da. I, I know, um, because I understand a little about, about what we think of disease transmission, how that works, that none of them could have worked. And you know, even if I'm completely wrong, ignore what I think, um, the literature is very clear now, the scientific literature, lockdowns have made, didn't save a single life, but lockdowns smashed the modern world, smashed, absolutely eviscerated sort of middle-class businesses, small and medium-sized enterprises. And I believe that that was deliberate. I think that's part of the Great Reset. But the long and short of it is, all of the measures imposed, including lockdowns and masks, do not 
did not and they knew could not do anything useful whatsoever. People who are without symptoms, for example, you can't infect another person. So you know, this idea that yeah. separating everybody from everybody else is utter nonsense. You know, even TV personalities must know what I just said is true. You know, if you are completely well and lacking the symptoms, you can't blow a disease you haven't got to, onto someone else. Come on. Yeah. You know, so no, you don't need to stay away from someone else. You never needed to. It was a lie. It was to segregate people. Why? Because people con converse with each other. They get close and say, what do you think about this? And people would work it out. They, they knew if they didn't separate people in the first few weeks, they'd probably crack it. And they would have done. Remember, influenza, Rira, went away. I'm not saying that the tests failed to distinguish them and really it was flu in disguise. I don't know. But the, the all-cause mortality uh, does not give you to believe the original concept, which is there's such a high threat to the yeah. lives of the population that anything is justified, everything is justified. That's not true. There are literally scores of peer-reviewed journal articles that compare communities where lockdown was applied or not, or applied very rigorously versus not, so you, what's called stringency of lockdown. There is not the slightest connection. You would think if it works, the more rigorously it was applied, the lower the number of deaths, not so. The more rigorously it's applied, actually, the more the deaths, as you yeah. would really expect if you think yeah. how, how essential uh, interactions are between families and people in their community to their health, and you lock them away, they die. So, so, so they lied about the, measure, about the threat to make you frightened, and then they imposed all sorts of um, anti-human measures that did not work, and they knew they did not. The WHO, six months earlier, had reviewed all of these non-pharmaceutical interventions, that you can find that report, it's over 100 pages long, and, and all the member states from WHO had a copy, so all their public health people knew that what I've just said is true, and yet they applied them. And despite then further research uh, emerging during the summer of 2020, God damn it, but they put lockdown on again in the autumn and winter. So no, this, these were deliberately injurious measures that yeah. didn't work, and they knew they didn't work. And when people like me would point out scientific papers that had been published, we were smeared, called conspiracy theorists, and we were censored and pushed but even off the internet. A finance expert, Catherine Austin Fitz, she said, it's not a turndown. She said it's a takedown. It's a planned takedown. And that's what it is. People think when they hear masks, they think filter. Filter. Yes. But he said, but they've never been filters. They're, they're, the medical mask, he said, is a splash guard. They're right. worn across the nose and mouth so that when a, a medical member of medical staff attends an ill or injured person, there won't be a splash of bodily yeah, fluids or blood or pus yeah, into yeah. their nose and mouth. Often they wear, they also wear, these also days, they wear, wear, wear goggles because yeah. your eye is a portal for entry yeah. to organisms. Yeah. That's why they wear them, folks. They do not, repeat, not wear them so they can filter anything in their airway or out. And, but he, and even if that happened, where the hell is the stuff that they've filtered? I mean, sitting in the plastic, people yeah. are touching them all the <laughs> time. Can... I'm afraid the masks you wear, they are not filters, not filters. They don't filter anything in your airway. Uh, and at most, they are splash guards. And uh, I'm afraid people who wear fabric masks all day, day after day after day, um, not that surprising. It's equivalent to wearing filthy underwear. It literally becomes like a, a Petri dish. 
and, and it will grow yes. bacteria, bacteria, fungi. And guess what? You breathe them into your airway. And if you're unlucky, they stick. The third phase we're in at the moment is superfluous, ineffective, and toxic so-called vaccines. Ineffective, superfluous, you don't need them, toxic vaccines. And also, you know, these, these people are making, you know, like a hundred billion dollars out of you. Hello, my name's Andrew Barr, and I'm an historian, a social historian. So I feel I have a role to try and reintroduce some kind of historical perspective and historical methodology into what the freedom movement is doing. And the Jews for Justice came out of that, I think, really. It was obvious to me from, probably not from the beginning, but from quite early on, that the whole coronavirus panic, let's call it that, was another hikes tag fire. What matters is the response to it. And immediately I thought, right, it's a hikes tag fire in the sense that it's a power grab. It's an excuse for governments to accrete themselves powers they never had the opportunity to do so before. And I think I was quite naive, I think a lot of us were naive in the spring of 2020 and didn't realise that this was part of a whole process that had been going on for decades. I mean, some people would say for longer than that, but certainly for decades since I've been looking back at a lot of these false flag mass shooting incidents, how many of these are similarly designed to take away powers from the public, complete powers of the government. So my thinking was to start Jews for Justice and we will talk about the Nuremberg Code. We will talk about the similarities with what has been happening and particularly the othering of the unvaccinated with the treatment of the Jews in Nazi Germany. And the only people who can tell us to shut up are other Jews. And then we would have a debate. There are a lot of conservative Christians who have resisted. There are a lot of conservative Muslims who have resisted here. We're all Abrahamic religions and we all believe in the same God and we're all opposed to the same crime for similar reasons. I mean, here in Britain, COVID was basically announced over on February 23rd when the Prime Minister lifted all the restrictions suddenly out of the blue. The war in Ukraine started on February 24th. An amazing coincidence. I mean, my view on COVID, tends, COVID policy tends to be it was a massive compliance test. Lockdowns were compliance tests. Yep. Testing was a compliance test. Masks were compliance tests. The injections were compliance tests. It's all about conditioning the population to accept, to, to allow the government to do things to them they would not previously have accepted. And having pushed them so far, they can, they can, the government can take a step back, but they can do it again. Yes. They've set the principle. That's, That's the scary thing, not that, it will necessarily happen over another disease, but the principle of forcing people to do whatever they want them to do is established. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, but there's an attack on, a legal attack now on homeschooling in Britain to try and no. make it much, much more difficult for people to homeschool because increasingly, especially Christians, are wanting to homeschool their children. And yeah. the state is trying to introduce legislation that will give it a much greater measure of control over the homeschooling children. The food shortages, the possible fuel shortages, the yeah. what they call now the cost of living crisis, which is of course a cost right. of lockdown crisis. But this is a long war. 
I mean, I have to, if I'm reminding our, I mean, a lot of our groups have got burnt out. As soon as the measures were relaxed, started this year, and you've got to replenish your energies because it's a long, long fight. COVID is the culmination of the process. Yes. I mean, what was, what was most interesting for me about reading Bobby Kennedy's book about the real Anthony Fauci was his deception of the whole aid fraud and how it is exactly the same as the COVID fraud. And there was a big scandal about the MMR vaccine here in the UK, um, and particularly Dr. Andrew Wakefield, who questioned, simply questioned whether there was a possibility it was linked with autism, and Big Pharma went out of his way to destroy him. And there's been a sequence of similar vaccine scandals. There's been a huge uh, suppressed scandal about the HPV vaccine, which is supposed to prevent cervical cancer. That's all the teenage girls whose lives have been destroyed because they were given the HPV vaccine. So the COVID vaccine is merely a culmination of a process, but it's affected a much bigger number of people. And to the fact that Big Pharma has no interest in your health whatsoever. A lot of people have lost confidence in the medical profession completely, as well as obviously in the media completely. Israel has a long history of selling its people to United States drug companies and United States pharmaceutical complex to be experimented upon. There's the ringworm scandal, which involved the exposure of Sephardic Jews to massive doses of radiation, supposedly to treat ringworm, but actually an experiment to see what level of radiation they would tolerate. In the 1950s, which was at a time when Israel was an incredibly poor country and the US gave them several times their annual budget in order to put the Sephardic Jews through this horrendous experiment. I don't know if you've had the same reports in the US, but the British mainstream media has been reporting this new phenomenon of sudden adult deaths in Yes, exactly. <laughs> inexplicable phenomenon of adults suddenly dropping dead. What could possibly be causing it? They've no idea. Yeah, and exactly. It needs to be investigated. But I bet there's one cause that won't be investigated. Like the fact that when they were supposedly closing down the whole country in the spring of 2020 to protect all the old people, actually they were murdering all the old people by giving them midazolam and morphine. Sudden infant death syndrome, which yeah. was directly linked to vaccines that yes. were much less dangerous and did have some benefit to them, we believed, through a process of vaccines that clearly were quite dangerous for babies, to a process that has no, to a vaccine, so-called vaccine, that has no benefit for babies and can only cause harm. But it's the culmination of a process. It's not out of the blue. And people like Andrew Wakefield who stood up, they had their lives and careers destroyed by Big Pharma. The destruction of Andrew Wakefield was the same message as the murder of JFK. It was saying, you're not allowed to do what you're doing. We are your boss. We tell you what you're permitted to do. If you're US president, you're not permitted to go against the military industrial complex. If you're a doctor, you're not permitted to speak out against vaccines. So here's the, here's the theory behind vaccines. And it's, I'm going to present you with a with a piece of or a dead version of the thing that we're worried about, the pathogen, the disease-causing agent. I'm going to give you either you know, a dead version of it, a weakened version of it, and maybe just a piece of it. I'll just give you one of its arms or its legs, and you'll, 
your immune system is going to train on that and you'll recognize that as foreign and mount an immune response and you'll memorize that you have an immune memory that's that's the basic principle you can break the virus down into maybe six or seven like little, little building blocks if you have them in front of you on the table all these pieces of the of the pathogen presumably dead and you said what are the characteristics that you want before you kind of reach for one of these pieces i would say you'd probably agree with this don't pick a piece of it that on its own is toxic the only one that, that produces strong unwanted effects uh, in all species tested spike protein it's really bad it has neurological adverse consequences it can trigger uh, platelet activation that can lead to blood clotting and numerous other things guess which one they picked spike protein and then all four companies picked spike protein if you and i were running kind of competing brainstorming sessions in different parts of the company as to how to design this vaccine you and I, I cannot believe either of us would leave that meeting, those meeting rooms with spike protein as the answer. I'm sure you would say, don't pick something which, when expressed in the human body, could cause toxicity. Four companies picked, the, in my view, the wrong answer, the antithetical answer to safety every time. And I'm afraid, guys and girls, it's, uh, it's not luck. You're not stupid. It's deliberate. I think, it's, I think it's I think it's coordinated it and it's malfeasance. Yep. You must you must know what you've done is wrong. You must know. Pete McCulloch taught me this. He said, with any public health measure, the first concern is not effectiveness; it's safety. Yes, and that's because you're going to, you're going to expose potentially billions of people. You must be sure you do no harm. And so, if Mr. Gates says next time we'll have a vaccine in 90 days, um, yeah. I have another problem. And it comes back now into my domain as a drug discovery and R&D, well, I have to tell you, in order, if you want, say, one year safety data, so you inject a person and you follow them for a year to check that arms and legs don't fall off, anything bad happened, well, that means you need an elapsed year after the last person you dosed. Well, that's probably a two-year study, and then you need a year of preclinical studies minimum, and you need a year of manufacturing. Four years, absolute minimum. You cannot make it shorter. And yet, what have we got? Two and a half months of safety data. So, if really bad things happen, people listening, really bad things were to happen, say, six months after dosing, none of the manufacturers know that. They don't have the data. No one has the data. And there's no good saying, well, we've dosed people, so we would know. Unless you formally study something, you can miss something like thalidomide. You can miss thalidomide four years until someone started saying, I've seen a case like this, and, and they, it took four years before people realized that a birth mill-forming agent like thalidomide was doing what it was doing. It's not obvious if you're not looking, and you'll never see it if you're deliberately not looking, which is where we are now. So the first reason vaccines are no good because they won't work for the targeted population, uh, and we've got evidence of that from flu failure, flu vaccine failures, and it won't work on safety because here's the key point, the time taken to conceive, develop, manufacture and provide the vaccines for people is longer than the, any plausible duration of a natural pandemic. It will be over long before you get there with your wonderful product. So if they bring it early, then they have not got the safety data. You'd be crazy to take this. And that what's worse in this case is these are new types of medical intervention. We've never done this in people. A few cancer patients maybe in research, no one has ever, they've never blazed away at 
whole population with gene-based materials like this. We have no idea what's going to happen. I've been around the industry for you know, over 30 years, um, and, it, and as a result, I personally know uh, three, uh, uh, in three of the four main vaccine companies, I know the person in charge of, of it from the research side. So in Johnson Johnson, uh, a guy called Dr. Matai Mammon. Hello, Matai. It's about time you confessed or resigned or debated me. Because you can't hide behind the idea that the things I've just discussed with Vera are not correct. So, and you are responsible for this, um, your vaccine, and it's harming people, it's killing people. And then in AstraZeneca, um, Sir Menelaus uh, Pangloss, or Meni Pangloss. Hello, Meni. We used to work at Pfizer together a while ago, and you seemed a reasonable guy. What the hell are you doing? Your company is manufacturing, again, a badly tested, appallingly conceived, inappropriate human experiment that breaches the Nuremberg Code like the others. And it's, it's time you resigned, confessed, debated, or sued me. You can't do, you can't do none of the things given I'm telling you, you are in charge of criminal activity. You've got to do one of the four things I just said, or you're a coward. And then what have we got? Within my former employer, Pfizer, with whom I left on very good terms. I, I love working at Pfizer. So hello, Dr. James Merson. He was in the next office to me for years. Uh, he is now Senior Vice President and Head of Vaccines Research. So I think his job title means he's either responsible or he or the person who is reports to him, something like that. So James, it's about time you resigned, confessed, um, debated me or sued me. You can't do none of the four because every listener knows that what I'm saying is true. You know what? Um, a lie hates being challenged. The truth does not mind being questioned, right? So let the public decide based on the fact I don't mind being questioned and you lot do, who's lying and who's telling the truth. Anyone who knows me, if you are working in any of those companies and you, and you cannot rebut everything I'm saying, you need to resign or because you are otherwise part of, you, part of this. If enough of you resigned in one go, it would end it, right? You could save the world. If 10 senior executives from R&D, from any of these companies put together an open letter, three paragraphs and resigned, you'd end it. We're seven and a half billion. They are maybe, maybe, what? 500, 2,000, how many? How many oligarchs are there? Uh-uh. We have the power, we just don't have the wherewithal. We are, we're not awake. We need to follow the example of the truckers, the Canadian truckers, and then the American truckers. We need to take back our rights, our freedom, our democracy. Instead, we have sat back and kind of let them decide. And that has led to us losing total control to the point where very few believe in election results even. There's a reason for that. We've lost control of our government. And in so doing, we lose 
we lose our say as a society. Right now, they're pushing the um, single monetary, digital monetary, uh, to replace cash. That's an extreme. That and the digital ID are the two methods to push everyone into dictatorship and into slavery, personal slavery. If we go with those two things, then it's lost. There's a reason why, for example, the, the uh, European Union didn't work. Everyone thought, oh, this is going to keep people out of war. Yeah, but those were small wars compared to this. When you give global control to a group, they can destroy most of the world if, it, if they sort of have a, a whim even, because they're not accountable in any way. They launched these uh, injections before they really tested them. So they needed to do a lot more tests, and that's where the masses have become the guinea pigs in a huge experiment within which they're testing a lot more. They're testing doses to determine what dose kills, what dose kills in two weeks, in two years. They want to spread that so that people don't immediately recognize that it's a genocidal weapon, but it is. They're merely trying to perfect the time span of scheduling, also how many shots, what combinations to have in the shots. Uh, there's a reason why the FDA asked for a 75-year silence on, on disclosing to the public the documents that they themselves received from Pfizer. Pfizer disclosed to the FDA all kinds of facts. It's the FDA that sealed everything. It's a man-made weapon to change society totally. And they have a name for it, the Great Reset, the New World Order. Nobody asked us whether we want to change our world. And when others do it for us, it often is catastrophic. My name is Kevin Jenkins. I am now presently the co-chair of Dr. Zelenko's foundation, the Zelenko Foundation. I am truly fighting the oligarchs because I understand their scheme, I understand their plan, I understand what they're committed to doing, and it's real simple. It is to wipe out humanity. It's about power and control. And all of these corporations and these agencies have lined up now. They've all been captured. And they have lined up now to eviscerate mankind. This fight is the fight. And it's time for us to go out here and fight for our children because I think that's the most important thing. Leaving a, a, a place where they can be free and they can understand that their body sovereignty and their right to choose and my body, my choice. We have to stop this evil industry Big Pharma, now we have to stop this evil industry and their co-partners, the monetary system and the um, big tech. So we got our work cut out for us. We've been lied to. We will not be commoditized. 
we will fight back against this global slavery. We will continue to keep educating people. We are going to fight for our children and fight for this land and fight for, you know, this country. It's easy for me to say because I'm a black American and I understand slavery. But having a deeper understanding of history allowed me to see it quicker. So now, you know, with having that context, that's what linked me to my new tribe. That's what got me to look a little deeper, you know, moving from eugenics, moving from Margaret Sanger, moving what Bill Gates has done in Africa, looking at all of the colonialization that continues to happen, looking at the present condition of the black community now, which is even worse than it was in the 1930s. Stop worrying about the barbarian at the gate and worry about the barbarian in the, inside the gate. How did we become the most chronically ill people on the planet? How did, we become, how did we become the most miseducated people on the planet? How did we find ourselves in this place in the 21st century? If you look at what's happening in all of the systems at the municipal and state level, you have legislators today that are voting to take not only your religious freedoms away from you and your medical freedoms away from you, but the very power you have over your body by siding with a, 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 an industry that only wants to commoditize our bodies. I call it the slave passport. You know, I've been calling it the slave passport from the beginning. Because think about this. Just think about this. 58 some odd years ago, maybe 60 years ago, I couldn't go into a shop because they said I was unclean. I had to sit in back of the bus because they said I was unclean. I couldn't go to certain schools because they said I was unclean. I couldn't even marry a white woman because they said I was unclean. I couldn't travel and stay at hotels or lodgings because they said I was unclean. Something was wrong with me. And to even walk off a plantation, I had to have papers from my master. And you have black Americans walking around here, using a slave passport, giving up their freedom, forgetting their history, to go into a shop that has told them, you are dirty, you are unclean. Could you imagine that? I never thought in a million years that I would see people take out of their pocket their phone to qualify to these demons, qualify to these lizards, qualify to these people that I'm clean. See, I'm clean. I can come in here because I took your experimental biology. Are you, are you kidding me? So think about the Jewish community, the black community, people that lived in communist Russia, people that lived all over the world. Think about how they have really forgotten the horrors that their ancestors have gone through, their ancestors went through by giving up their bodies and giving up their freedom just to say, look at me, I'm clean. I mean, it's heartbreaking. I've seen America, I've talked to America, the heartland, you know, the suburban communities, rural communities. I was there, I'm talking to these people and nobody's talking about race. They're talking about how do we free our minds and our bodies from these global times? How can we work together? because they're coming after all of us up here in front of my mind that, you know, 60 some odd years ago, you know, in Nazi Germany, they were killing Jewish people. Right now, right here in front of my mind, in Africa, Bill Gates are, is killing my people. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just fascinating how they have marketed this as some sort of um, science or medical procedure or whatever that's gonna help us when in fact, it's about depopulating us and killing us. What's starting to happen now? People are dying. Yes. People are getting sick. People are really concerned about what they did to their bodies. 
people don't feel right anymore. These tyrants cannot beat us if we love each other. They can't beat us if we respect each other. They can't beat the, They can't beat us and break the bonds of that energy when we say we love each other. They cannot beat us when we hug each other. They cannot. That's too powerful because we become the we, and then we will. Then we identify who the they are. Their hubris has worked against them. They're losing because of their arrogance. They're losing because of their hatred. They're losing because they thought we were weak, when in fact we are responding to this tyranny because there's something that God placed in us when we were born for this time. And it is our job to finally break the back of tyranny so it can never come back again. It's absolutely malevolent. That's the only conclusion you can draw when you and I have had to face this, and I'm afraid you faced this in your childhood, they're having to come face to face with the reality that the the government and, and as it were, the high the high positions people in public health uh, don't have not only don't have their interests at heart, but are willing to do things that will cost them their freedom and their health, possibly their life. That's equivalent for many people to learning that their parents don't love them. All of these implications come rushing in when I tell them that. This is all fake and worse than that. And I never would have guessed this. It's it's planned. I mean, it's uh, yes. it's not not just opportunistic badness. It's this is no, coher no. coherent, long thought through. I was never a conspiracy theorist. People would struggle to believe. They they don't encounter evil. I, I I would say I haven't encountered evil until now. I'm not naive. I can look back over the 20th century yes. and realize that it's actually quite common. There is a probably a relatively small group of people who driving, uh, who have planned this and are driving this. But here's the thing. There are, I'm afraid, a large number of people who are weak, weak, weak. And they, they, they won't say anything. They won't say anything. I think there's a small number of genuinely evil planners and doers. And then I'm afraid there's like 5% of people who are just utterly disgustingly cowardly and they won't say anything. And I've got to say to you folks, I got to say to you, Vera can't save you. I can't save you. Uh, can't save myself. Yes. But you, but you can. The collective, you can. Yes. If, if each of you who've received the, these messages today, uh, just do one thing. Do what you can with what you've understood. Don't you just be yourself. And all I'm asking you to do is throw seeds of doubt into the minds of people around you because it is a lie. It's going in a very bad direction. And I think, I do think it will cost us our freedom, cost you your freedom and your children, and possibly your lives. It doesn't take many. I don't think it takes more than 10% of us speaking out at the same time. It will all be over. This, this is the terrifying part for you and I know that this, these are steps to tyranny um, and that tyranny never goes away or stops if you just acquiesce. Never, ever, ever in history. It keeps coming until it crushes the bones under it and it'll keep going if it won't stop so the thing is we don't need to do dramatic stuff now if enough of us say you know if enough of us call, call out the bullshit for the bs of this it, it would fall apart yeah. but if we don't we, what we will find i think it will get worse uh, and then i'm afraid we know what they're going to do next because they've told us that i would say don't disregard people telling you what they're going to do they've yeah. told us they want to introduce central bank digital currencies that's cashless digital money uh, but if there's no cash and everything's digital i can assure you that a big computer in the sky 
knows exactly what you are about to buy, from whom, where, and if they don't want you to, they, you, the algorithm will deny you. It won't be personal. They won't need to look over your shoulder. Uh, if they say, look, you're not allowed to be more than five miles from your home, um, and you're five and a half miles from your home and you try and buy a pizza, I'm sorry, the algorithm will say you're not permitted to buy it. Uh, and if you think that's funny or, or not in any way serious, then ser you should give some thought to that. You know, if you're Tony Blair, I'll let you spend anything anywhere. He's still on the system. You can spend anything anywhere. Mike Eden, not allowed out of his apartment. If you let the executive get rid of cash and replace it with, as it were, computer-based, geolocated digital money, it is the end of human freedom forever. It's also the end of politics. So if you think you can campaign, and say if you know, they won't let you have a vote, but let's say there was a vote, they won't let you campaign be, be effective. They're just that's what's happening in China right now. They turn people's vaccine passports red. They literally grab the click click, and they change them to red. Those people literally they can't leave their apartment building. They can't get into a train because they have to use their mandatory digital ID to move around. That's what vaccine passports are. There they are a rehearsal for mandatory digital ID. You will have to carry digital ID all times so that the so that the, the machine whatever skynet knows where you are at every moment so you've no freedom you can't actually decide on your own right uh, to be any to be anywhere or do anything ever again the worst part is you can't oppose it you can't vote it out you can't campaign around it you can't turn it off don't let it happen i think it's really close really close now why I'm, I met Julian uh, is that I was always against this government restrictions that they brought us wearing a mask and, and, yes. this and, and I was against that. Actually, I just got today a letter that my two court cases are now closed because I, I was on demonstrations. In one case, I was not wearing the correct mask. Uh, in the other case, they tried to say that I was uh, uh, insulting the police. If you disagree, you are a Nazi, you are a, a criminal, you are a terrorist, everything. The mask doesn't help and the vaccine doesn't help at all. It, I think the vaccine is killing people. But if they really in, bring up this uh, October till Easter, uh, mask mandates and so on, maybe a lot of people will wake up and when they have to get their fourth or their fifth vaccine and more and more people have this uh, side effects, they will maybe understand and maybe I don't get the next one. In the worldwide health systems that this mRNA vaccines can be used for anything and they, they change a little bit on the computer, but the basic thing is this uh, genetic transformation and uh, they want us to be transhuman, I would fight until I die. I will not get this vaccine, not at all. Christian, uh, uh, I met him first time at a demonstration against uh, the Corona uh, uh, politic in our region. Uh, my relation relationships to the to the resistance people of the White Rose 
uh, is that uh, my mother was the eldest sister of Hans Scholl and Sophie Scholl. And they were, uh, at the first time, at the beginning of the Nazi dictatorship, they were fans of, uh, of Hitler. They were uh, emphasized, they go to the Hitler Jugend and, was, uh, and they were local leaders in the Hitler Jugend. And then they began to make questions. Why, do, why are we not allowed to read books, these books, Stefan Zweig, for example, for example. Mm -hmm. and why are we not allowed to, to sing a Russian song we love so much, or, uh, and so on and so on. And so uh, uh, a kind of, of doubt, and then the resistance began. They met uh, other students who also have doubts against the Nazi regime. My uncle Hans Scholl and Alexander Schmorell decided to produce flyers, uh, anonym flyers against uh, anonym distributed flyers against uh, the Nazi regime. At the university, one morning, a man saw them and, and uh, called uh, the, the leader of the university and the Gestapo, and so they were brought to the police, to the Gestapo. The chief of the so-called Volksgerichtshof went to Munich and said they have to die, uh, they have to be beheaded. My mother and my father and my uncle told me many things about these people and the White Rose. My mother wrote the, the book, The White Rose. She published in May of 1952 about uh, this resistance group. So I, I learned uh, much about uh, political uh, systems from the parents. It's a struggle about what is political heritage of the White, White Rose. When I go to these demonstrations and talk as the nephew of Sophie Scholl. We have some um, uh, former concentration camps uh, do not allow that uh, workers there or uh, scientists there uh, also uh, go to uh, the demonstrations for the human rights. We have about uh, 20 million German people who are official not uh, vaccinated. This is about a quarter of the German uh, population and it is more people than the biggest party of the German, actually German government. Huh? The movement yeah. against, uh, against the vaccination is, is, is more stronger. Huh? Two years ago, uh, ago uh, a new uh, journal uh, appeared called Democratic Resistance. One of the uh, writers there is his uh, historical scientists, Hermann Klopper, and he wrote some years ago a book about uh, eugenics in the USA and the connections to the Nazi party. And very interesting and uh, also to the connections, financial and so on. You realize that is a, a, a great uh, psychological theme. Yeah? Also the, the, the whole Second World War. Yes. 2020, two big demonstrations in Berlin. Uh, 200,000 or 300,000 people. Robert F. Kennedy with the speech, the official TV uh, talk, no word about this speech. Some hundred thousand people are there on the streets. They heard him, yeah? came home and said, oh, yeah, did a, a, a great speech. Yeah? And uh, this was uh, information without the official media. Yeah? 
Robert F. Kennedy said in his speech in Berlin that uh, the Nazi leader uh, Hermann Göring was asked at the Nuremberg uh, trial, why are you so successful in Germany with this? And uh, Hermann Göring said the trick is to make the people afraid. The Nazi propaganda minister, Dr. Josef Goebbels, he said that um, the Jews are a kind uh, of sickness. Rhetoric trick is nearly the same there and now today in the, in the newspapers. Yeah? I, I come from um, generations of, of clerics. Uh, my grandfather uh, was a bishop, my dad was a bishop, but also um, my uh, uh, grandparents um, were also um, um, Jewish people. And, and so, um, so I'm an, I'm an African-American Jewish person. <laughs> and so, and, and, and that part of my life um, is, uh, I'm inextricably connected to, and so I'm overtly aware of, of both sides of my upbringing. Um, um, I, I went to, to, to Seder's growing up, <laughs> and, um, and, and I can't count the amount of bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs that I've gone to in, in my life. And then even to this very day, I'm very, very um, close to the Hasidic um, um, uh, Jewish community um, in, in Brooklyn and in Massachusetts. And, um, and so um, I know my roots, and I think that that's one of the biggest things that a person needs to have is a knowledge of origin, a knowledge yeah. of beginnings. You, if you have no beginning, you may have a very drastic ending. And so I know where I, I started and where I came from. It's man's greed and it's man's lust for power are why people suffer, period. And, and, and I think that could be, you know, the, the, the summary for why we deal with some of the most negative circumstances in the world. To be silent is to consent. And so when you talk about the Holocaust and some of the takeaways from the Holocaust, one of them being that the silence was, was dangerous, it was treacherous. I've been driven always to say something, to do something, to make a statement, to take necessary actions so that I won't at one point in my life say, you know, I, I wish I did this. I, I wish I said this. I, I could have saved that life, but I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything about it. I don't, I don't want that to be the epitaph on my gravestone. I, I want it to be that, you know, he took action. You know, if, if nothing else, he took action. Fast forward it to this moment today, um, my every waking moment is really obsessed with um, saving lives. One of my favorite um, abolitionists of all time is Harriet Tubman, I love her. And, um, and she said, I freed thousands of slaves. And then she said, I could have freed thousands more if only they knew they were slaves. That's a powerful statement because I believe that that's where we are today. We are in a moment in time where people don't even know what's going on. They're in gross denial. They, they don't even connect the dots to one another. They are completely, um, um, you know, um, just ignoring the glaring signs of what's happening 
in society, even with the propaganda, the average person today would not understand how much of a direct parallel what we're going through today as what we dealt with, you know, back in in, in, in the 30s and 40s. And, and that's that's kind of scary because if we only paid attention to what happened then, we could avert what's happening now. This is really the, uh, the same movie um, on a different day. Their position is a position of godlessness. Their position is a position of um, egomaniacal, um, psychotic um, driven um, actions. What concer concerns me more than their actions is the inaction, the inaction of the people. Because like I said that, you know, how, how can anyone be so blinded as to just sit back and act like everything is normal? Where people are saying, I'm so glad things are getting back to normal. I hear people say that. And it, and it, and it, and it bothers me when I hear that because I'm saying, wow, this is exactly what they want you all to believe, that yes. things are getting back to normal. This is just like cancer in remission. It's just like cancer in remission ready to come back even stronger because we never, during that remission period, we've never done the work to eradicate the body of the cancer. Normal should never have been decided by the people that made it abnormal in the first place. So, so to say it's getting back to normal and to not address the fact that it became abnormal for a reason and we've never ever dealt with the reason why did it become abnormal to begin with? We're not asking any questions. And that's exactly where they want us. They want us to be um, beyond even socially distant. They want us to distance ourselves from knowledge, to be obedient to an entity that have never made any investment in me is a completely um, 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 ridiculous concept. And I, and I see the same um, concept uh, back in the day with, you know, during the Holocaust, complete and total um, um, submission um, to the authorities was what they called for. But no one will ask the question, why do I need to submit to you? Why? Education has now become a tool weaponized for the control of people. I've never even seen, at least in my lifetime, um, a a, 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 a medical procedure marketed this way. You know what I'm saying? Billboards everywhere, commercials, internet spots, um, you know, on the side of buses, um, driving down the street and subways, you just see advertising everywhere. When you have to advertise and advertise and advertise and, and, and convince and force and then and then pay off celebrities to say this is great and the newscasters to say this is great. Something's very scarily wrong with that picture because it shows that there is coercion. I need a person to wake up and now join the forces to stand against tyranny. The evil is great, it's great. And there are so few um, that will stand against that evil it's a sacred moment, even in what we're doing right now, because we're exercising something that is a God-given right. 
we have the right to speak, the right to um, express ourselves. But we're being told that we don't have that right. We're being told we have to do what everyone else is telling us to do. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to understand why anyone would believe that, that notion. The precious Jewish people, how, how are many of them letting this happen again when the writing is on the wall? And they're very, very clear. How are they letting this happen again? World Economic Forum is an expression. It's an, an expression of the kind of people who want to design and transform the world to have it their way. You know, basically, it's that group. The people who are in the driving seat of the WEF, they're the ones. Very rich people, people who are used to being in charge. Uh, in Historically, they'd have been the ones that they were in charge of a hilltop fort. And you did what they told, they told you, or they kill you. Individuals with that kind of mental beliefs, they should be in charge of everything. And everyone else is pretty much cattle. And you know what? I don't think they think the world needs 7.8 billion people. It's, it's not an accident that a large proportion of the people in the group I've just described have talked endlessly about, you know, wringing their hands about overpopulation, as if they kept, you know, why do they care about that? They've got a lovely life. They can be where they like, with who they like, with whatever toys they like, have whatever food they like. Why are they interested in population? And I think it's because they want to reduce it, don't you? They can kill you too. For example, they might say, uh, your, your vaccine passport is out of date because of a new variant. You need to turn up by Friday week. If you don't turn up by Friday week, your payment net will go off. And if you don't turn up a week later, you'll not be able to leave your apartment. So, and if that vaccine was, say, a genetic vaccine, like the ones we've seen used here, and if that shuts your liver down in nine months, I could design that as well. I promise, mm -hmm. I promise you, you, I can put repressors and, um, and promoter genes in that, quite short pieces. Uh, so it looked very similar. It looked very similar to the ones you've got already. So you, wouldn't, you would not be able to tell, even people making it would not be able to tell this is not a, a vaccine against the variant. But I could insert a piece that, yep. will, that will either shut your kidneys down, give you liver cancer, uh, cause you to go blind, anything you like. I promise you that biotechnology is very powerful. And like most things, it's probably between 10 and 100 times easier to hurt you than to fix you. Why do you think they used genetic vaccines when they've never been used before? Because they've got another intended purpose. It, it's not surprising that foreign genetic material is toxic to you. And yet they've managed to put a cloak of lipid nanoparticles around, you know, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines, and they slide into your cells without you quite seeing them. It's a sneaky, sneaky, like stealth technology. But again, it's like, why would you even use genetic technology to provide, theoretically, some rehearsed immunity against uh, a respiratory virus? Why would you do that, given there are more conventional ways to do it? And I think the answer is they have other purposes intended for that technology. I wish that wasn't true, but I've just told you several of them. And there's no other plausible, there's no other plausible explanation. You can't just pick it up, no one knows what it does, make billions of doses and whack it into four billion arms. Do you think that's a responsible thing to do? No, no it isn't. Um, and, and no sensible person would do it. The whole thing is a crime. Any one of those things. I would say to people, what's the right number of times that public health should lie to you in ways that could cost you your life. Zero. That's right. So if they lie to you once, 
right? They're criminals. And I've just told you about nine different lies. Zero is the right number. Now, they might be mistaken sometimes. We make mistakes. But the number of times they would knowingly tell you things that could damage your health, that's zero, isn't it? And if they do it once, they're evil people. You should not pay attention to them. You should point it out to everybody around you. What's the consequence of knowing what's going on is wrong and saying nothing? The answer is catastrophe. You will lose your freedom. Me too. And our children. And our grandchildren. And there'll be no recovery. And yeah. they may murder you as well. And even if they don't, you will have lost your freedom forever. Can please consider the, the downside of knowing it's wrong and saying nothing. Because I think it's so ghastly. You must feel obliged to speak out. Please, please, please. James, Matai, many. Honestly, you alone, you three alone, with a couple of colleagues each, you could change the course of human history. And you're not going to get a golden ticket. They may have told you you're going to get a golden ticket. You're probably more likely to get a bullet in the back of your head in a year yeah. because you could expose it. So if you don't speak out now, they'll probably kill you later. I'm absolutely dead serious. They, we can't save you. There's no cavalry. People say, oh, it'll be legal cases. Give me a break. The people who have planned this takedown, as Catherine Austin Fitz calls it, they've planned meticulously. They probably anticipated one crazy guy from the pharmaceutical industry. And the way they're handling it, censorship, smearing, yeah. you see. Um, so people might think, well, why haven't they murdered Mike Evans? They don't need to. They don't need to be very medieval. They just say, have you seen my Wikipedia page? It's absolutely foul. I'm, I'm almost none of those things, by the way. But I don't care. But that's what they do. You can find probably 50 hours of me talking. See how much you can find of uh, Sir Patrick Valance, the chief scientific advisor for Britain. But you can't find him having Q&A with anybody on, on all of the, the areas of this whole crisis and the response to it. Why not? And it's because he's lying, right? That's because he's lying. He should sue me as well. But he won't because he's not got the courage to do it. Because if he sues me, I will get discovery and he will lose. The, the truth does not mind being challenged. Right. Uh, the lie cannot bear being questioned. I remember in third grade, I just had an interest in, in World War II and, and picked out a book about that time was when I figured out, oh, okay, these were the Nazis. Oh, wait a minute, that's my grandparents. Both of my grandparents came over with the Project Paperclip. My grandfather worked for Aerospace Corporation, does a lot of work with the uh, Air Force. The V2 program tried to maintain some secrecy down there by disguising them, their program as a hydroelectric facility. They're hauling large pipes around all the time. You know, my grandfather working in the V2, obviously, was responsible for a lot of dead people. Evil is done not by people with diabolical ideas and personalities. It's done by very normal people. There's definitely a lot of people who saw that evil is useful. You know, if it could be used for their own purposes, they always have to mix it with something good. Well, public health in this case.
so tell me something. How many people knew that about Albert Goring? Turn, turn it. Remove it. Oh, that's right. I got to remove it first. Sorry, my bad. I always forget about that. Uh, give me this. Ooh, and remove. All right. So how many people knew that about Albert Goring? I did not. That's amazing. And for those of you that are listening, and because uh, I am going to put the podcast of this out, because it is a good listen. Yes. Um, at the end of each episode, they have in writing uh, stories of individuals who saved Jewish lives throughout the Holocaust. And Albert Goring was the brother of Hitler's right-hand man. And he despised Nazism, hated his brother, hated what his brother stood for, and used his brother's name, forging documents and uh, doing whatever he could to save people. He'd go to the concentration camps, pick up truckloads of Jews saying he need workers and then free them. And uh, he was arrested and, and tried at Nuremberg. And no one believed his story until hundreds of survivors came forward and said, no, he saved us. Grateful Jews came yeah. forward and said, thank you. Uh, I, I, I did not know that about him. That's very cool. Uh, but if you read some of these things, folks. Um, they bring when, me to tears, folks, more so than if, even in the movie. If you guys uh, who are listening, go and get a chance. Read some of these things. One of the things I've read over and over again, God told me to do it. Mm -hmm. God put these people in my, mm. my path so I could help them. Mm. God, what, God what told do, me not to do something. What do, I was about to say, what do we say all the time? Listen, listen. Maybe that's how we do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's all it takes. I, I'm just. So I'm, I'm speculating because I've read a lot of them and a lot of them said, God told me to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, if God told you to do it uh, and we're reading this back then, what about now? What are you all being told that you're not, maybe you're not listening to, maybe you haven't heard it. Maybe all you got to do is listen for 30 seconds, put away everything else you think about. You know what I found is when I put everything I think about myself away, I could hear him clear as day. Like right there. I yeah, just... I heard that too. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> I heard that too. When you put away what you think about yourself, you can hear God as clear as day. He talks to you. Mm -hmm. He says, th don't, don't believe me. Go for it. I, I don't care. You can say I'm a psycho. You can say I'm a weirdo. I don't give a shit. When I can pack away in the trunk, everything I think about myself, I can hear him as if you and I were having a conversation. And there were a couple of things in there that I told you to remind me about. Rosa Parks. No. That was the one you told me to remind you about. It was not Rosa Parks. It was what no. if what if No, no, no. It wasn't Rosa Parks. It was older than Rosa Parks. It went back to the Civil War, not the 60s. Oh, Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. She did say that. She said, I could have saved more. If they had known they were slaves, she wasn't talking about black people, folks. She was talking about white people. She was talking about all of those around her who helped her 
but they didn't realize they were slaves. It's amazing that other people, you, you hear something like that, you know, to me, I, I don't know. That's that, that was really prophetic because for me to hear that and understand that sent a chill down my spine. Cause I started thinking about it. I was like, wait a minute, Harriet Tubman wasn't talking about black people. She was talking about white people. She was trying to save. Trying to wake up. That's what she was trying to do. She was trying to wake them up. You know, something struck me. It was actually in the first episode, the first part. Um, when one of the ladies said that, uh, we're not, we're not, we're not there yet. No one's, okay, they, they put some of the Australians in, you know, COVID camps or whatever, but they haven't killed anyone yet, at least openly. Of course, we know they've, you know, wholesale murdered people in hospitals and they're killing people with the jab, but they haven't, they haven't done it as openly yet as what they did in 1940s Germany. We're not there yet. And I, I understand now why I was told to stop pushing you. And I know that you're pushing yourself right now. But hear me when I tell you we're, we're not quite there yet. Because at this point, remember how they described the Nazis. Um, how the, the one guy was describing the Nazis. Uh, the one whose grandfather, I guess, was a Jew and, and fighting against the Nazis. He said up until the very end, they promoted themselves as really trying to help people. They, they were really caring about people, right? And that's how they got most of the populace to go along with them. We're still there right now. That's a good point. That's a fair, fair evaluation as to what he said as to compared to what we see today, mm-hmm. because they're still walking around saying, well, this is good for you. Exactly. This is going to help you. When they it's- show their true selves when they show their true hand when they turn from pretending to want to help you to being openly sadistic that's when it's time so we're not there yet like one of the things i i I, we were talking about it too because i was listening to what they were saying about the propaganda and shit and i sat there and i said holy shit hun i know you don't hear this because she doesn't listen yes i do to no, you don't listen to FM radio. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. I listen to FM radio during the day because in my work truck, that's all I have. So if I'm in an area where I have really bad cell reception, I have no choice but to turn to FM radio. So I listen to FM radio. One of the big things I've heard in the last like last couple of weeks, we've been on a big job, and it's out there in the middle of nowhere. And I have no cell reception. So I've had to turn to FM radio. One of the things I heard repeated over and over again on FM radio is that how the jab doesn't stop coronavirus, but it prevents you from, you know, spending an exorbitant time in a hospital. And I was just like, and I looked at everybody I worked with. And I was like, did you just hear this bullshit? And they both looked at me and they were like, we know we were a matter of fact, somebody won 10 bucks because they were like, I bet you 10 bucks, give him five <laughs> seconds with this shit. He's going to say something to us. Look at the monster I've created. <laughs> and I turned and I looked at him. I said, 
can you believe this bullshit that they're talking about here? People who get the vaccine get the disease faster than people who don't. Yeah. The reason they're tracking people who go to the hospital who don't have the vaccine is because they want to know why you go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. What is the reason that you're there? It's probably because you have a broken arm stop, or a leg or you stop, got no stop. car accident. So someone else's fault. Stop. What are they trying to do? Let me tell you something. If you and me, all of you and me, we, the only reason we go to the hospitals for broken bones, what do you want to bet in the future here? They're going to say, oh, you need an injection for that broken bone before mm-hmm. we set it. What do you want to bet that that is going to be the answer? Well, they already do that, though. No, no, no. You need a pain. You don't know what's actually in that injection they give you. No, no, no. Let's give you something for the pain before we reset your bone. I went there. My hand was the size of a fucking balloon. Yeah. They came in. They threw me two fucking Oxycontin. Mm -hmm. And I took them. Yeah. Because I was in some serious fucking pain. Yeah. Now, granted, my hand wasn't broken, but I had pissed off every metacarpal up my hand, and it was swollen like a fucking balloon. Still is, kind of. But they gave me pills. They didn't come in and put a needle in my arm. Sure. But what? But I also told them that I was vaccinated. You did. Because I have a card that I can show yep. that says I'm vaccinated. Yep. So they weren't tracking that. So that's why they came and gave me a pill. Mm-hmm. If you went in there and said you weren't vaccinated, what do you bet? They say, oh, we've got a pain reliever for you, but all we have is a shot. Yep. Nope. I'm allergic. I'm allergic to all pain, all pain pills, all pain, all painkillers. Nope. You know what I'm saying? No, nope, nothing. Is that why they're tracking? Probably. I, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. It's speculation at this point. I have no idea. I'm not, I'm just thinking like a Nazi right now. I'm putting myself in my enemy's shoes, trying to think like he would think. How would I find out that you're not vaccinated? Mm. How would I find out that you are one of those MAGA people? How do I do that? I mean, besides the t-shirt that says when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. Besides that. <laughs> besides that. Okay. How do I know that you're a MAGA person? Mm. Oh, well, you said you claimed you. See, now what I think when you guys go to the hospital from now on, If you go to the hospital, I hope you don't first Mm -hmm. understand that first. I hope you don't because I don't want to see anybody go to the hospital. But if you have to go to the hospital, when you walk in there, tell them you're vaccinated. Yeah. And then when they say, well, where's your vaccination card? You say, shit, you know, I I don't know what the fuck I did with that little thing. They gave it to me. I, I put it somewhere. Just get frustrated like you're looking for your license. All right, like a cop's asking you for your license. Just get frustrated. I get swear busy. I took a picture of it. Let me look in my phone and see if those, I can find it. Those pussies will walk away. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I, I can. I, if you have half of an alpha brain, they will leave you alone about it. Trust me. They're a bunch of bitches. So just push it. Be like, I don't know what the fuck I did with it. They gave it to me. I put it somewhere. But they're not going to track what happens to you. Yeah, and tell them you can't remember shit, and then they'll believe that you were vaccinated. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Just pull the CRS card. Yeah. I can't remember shit. I don't know. I've had this horrible, but ever since I got the jab, ever and then since I got, I got COVID, the jab, I got this fog. I've just I, had this brain fog and like I can't fatigue. remember what I, just, I did with it. I, I have put no it idea somewhere. where it is. It's in a special spot. When I find it, I'll bring it back here. I'm vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. Just tell them that. 
It doesn't matter that it's a lie. Doesn't matter. Remember they what that girl. Remember what that girl already. said. What what her grandfather said. If you have to lie to, to stay live, alive, lie, lie, lie. lie. I, I'm serious. Fuck it at this point. If you've got to go, I get it. There's some shit, and I know some of our listeners, and I know they are suffering from other things that they've got to go to a doctor's office for. I'm, I'm telling you, listen to me, lie. Say you've got the vaccine. Say you got the fog. Say you can't remember what you did with it. You put it in a special spot, and when you find it, you'll bring it back to them. And if it really comes down to it, seriously, email us. You know where to email us at, okay? Email us, and I, I'll get you one. No, you won't. I, I'll get you a copy of. No, one. you won't. Yeah, why not? No, that's because it's a federal. That's a what is a federal violation. But you will be more I, than. I mean, I, I don't fucking care. I, but you, I, I understand. I, I'm just saying right now because I, I will take care of my listeners. Because listen, what is the point? What is the point? What is my job to do? I, I got to somehow protect people. There's got to be something I can do. We'll get there. I, I'm fucking done with sitting in the I background. Understand. Playing in the corner color. I know. Waiting for biding my time. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to. I, I think it's funny that it's biding your time. If you're in that situation, please feel free to add, to email us and we'll be more than happy to give help you advice, you. put you in touch with people who can help you in that situation. Um, Roll Dog said uh, he went for a broken toe. I demanded a paper form to sign. I wrote, I do not con consent to any injections on the form before I signed it. I don't, I don't know if that worked for you, but. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm just tired of seeing people get fucked. I really am. It pisses me off that people are going to what they think they're going to be taken care of and getting fucked. The only thing they do for a broken toe is tape it to the other one anyway. Tape well, it to the one closest no to shit. it. You don't really, a broken toe, it's kind of stupid. You tape that shit, bro. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Either way. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night yep. and, uh, that's it. Hey, if you know anybody that's looking for us, please let them know where we're at. And we had to move cause Twitch fucked us. Just send them to the website, patriotpartypod.com. Everything and, now and is can... updated. It will bring mm -hmm. them to a spot that we're actually playing at. So yep. everything's there. We will be adding the kick, uh, kick, kick account there, account there too, as well. Yep. So either way for the Mick and Lynn, you guys have a great fucking night and we will see you tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Thanks for watching. Good night, fuckers. And uh, we'll see you later. And thanks to Vera. I love my country, love my freedom, but the welfare now I don't need Shotgun raised from the woods to the plate. Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late To come around here, son, running your mouth You can fuck around and find out You can fuck around and find out You can't make it through the snakes, snares, and alligators But once you get to the gate
escape, you can't depend on your waves, cause you'll be over your tater. I'm talking growing tomatoes, feeding the worms, I fish with later. I'll have a fish stick plate over a six foot grave. Before I take a knee, as our hand to play, my hands on my heart, I stand on what I say. And my second amendment handles what I can. I ain't trying to be feeling badass or talk shit, I'm just saying. There's the lie, don't cross it. I got a red rod gun when I was three, so I don't run to hide from anything. Bitch, I'm a red, white, and blue collar boy from the south. You can fuck around and find out. Love my country, love my freedom. Fuck a welfare, now I don't need them. Shotgun lace from the woods to the plate. Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late. To come around here, son, running your mouth. You can fuck around and find out. Okay. You can fuck around and find out. If they looking for me, well, they know where to find me. I'll be half drunk, strapped up in a white I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can be F-A-F-O, I teach you how this game go. Different joints, same smoke. Wake up, wear the same clothes. Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash. Collar boy, but my lady's high class Got the music way up loud With a cigar in my mouth Fuck around and come find out How we do it in the South Ain't saying nothing but you running that mouth I never take a hand out I'm too damn proud I'm a son of the dirt South With a truck seat high And he straight pipes loud This land, land of freedom Double barrels in case we need Man up, we'll sit your ass down we done talking, fuck around and find out. Love my country, love my freedom, fuck the welfare, now I don't need them. Shotgun race from the woods to the plate, ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late. To come around here, son, running your mouth, you can fuck around and find 